one of millions of people throughout the world who are affected by addiction. It's a disease that touches individuals and everybody in their lives. Welcome to Shattering the Stigma with Mama Dukes and Son Frankie. This is a whole person and whole family issue and needs to be tackled together in order to successfully beat this. Now, here's Mama Dukes and Frankie. Hey, man, guys, what's up today? Hope you're all having a good day. Um, we've got some pretty exciting things going on. One of them I'd like to start out with, well, first of all, say hello, Frankie. Hey, guys, what's up? It's Frankie. Uh, welcome back to Shattering the Stigma. Um, you know, uh, really excited about today. We actually got uh, James and Stephanie, uh, who, uh, you know, they, they work with us, uh, actually have the pleasure of living with these guys as well. But, um, you know, these guys came down here and uh, came down to Florida a little less than a year and a half ago, man, and have really just uh, pretty much did everything they needed to do out the gate. And, um, you know, or, uh, it's really paying off in their recovery, you know. They made a few, uh, few things uh, in the beginning, wanted to do th- things their way, uh, especially Stephanie. We'll get back into that a little bit later, though. Um, but anyways, man, we're uh, grateful to have these guys here today. And uh, we also got a, a, a giveaway we're going to be doing uh, today. You want to tell them a little bit about that, Mom? Yeah, so we were going to do a T-shirt giveaway today. And the way that you can enter that is going on our Facebook, Buck Heroin Foundation, liking the page, look for the giveaway, and ask for a couple questions, who our guests are, and to pick a number between 1 and 500. We'll be announcing the winner tomorrow. So good luck, everybody. And also, if anybody wants to call in today with a question, you can reach us at 866-472-5792. 866-472-5792. That would be for a live question during the show. So with that being said, let's uh, kind of get started here. Mm-hmm. Want to say hello, James? Hey, family. How's it going? Grateful recovering addict named James. So, James, why don't you uh, give us a little feedback on, first of all, how you met us, um, you know, a s- quick summary of, of your trip coming to Florida. A quick summary. Okay. Um, October 2014 to April 25th, 2015, um, I came to Florida. I was desperate. Um I was living in halfway, and uh, I think it was going pretty well for me. And after about six and a half months, uh, life started to show up. And uh, and I was at work one day, and on my lunch break, I decided that uh, that going home would be a really good idea. And what happened was, is I uh, I went back to York, Pennsylvania, where I tried to recover. And uh, you know, I grabbed a home group, and you know, I grabbed a sponsor, and I started working the steps again. But there was still something that was unsettling inside me, and uh, and I didn't know what it was. And I, what I know now is that was the obsession creeping back in. And uh, you know, I put the I had put the program down for a minute, and uh, and I stopped working with that sponsor that I asked to sponsor me, and I actually stopped attending that home group that I got. And what happened was is I picked up and I used again. And what I did was I went on about a two week run, and um. You know, I, I still had a job, and, and I still had some funds coming in, and I still had a roof over my head, but I knew that I didn't want to run anymore. And what I did was I called my sponsor, 
that I got when I was in Florida, and um, and I told him I had just given up my sobriety, and uh, you know, I'm grateful for that. I'm I'm grateful that I at least had a tool or two to use um, when I had nowhere to turn. And what happened was is my sponsor had to reach out to some people and see what best fit me. Um, not only do I suffer from alcoholism and drug addiction, I also suffer from a mental health disorder. And, uh, and that went untreated the entire time I was down in Florida. Um, so what happened was is my sponsor reached out to the um, Falk Heroin Foundation and, um, and it took about a week for me to get back down to Florida. And I remember, I remember the phone calls that I was getting every day. And I didn't know who Leisha was. I had never met Leisha before, but I know this woman called my phone every day just to make sure I was alive. Felt like I knew you already mm. before you got here, James. How about it, right? Um, but no, um, no sooner did I make that call and, and telling on myself about giving up my sobriety, um, I found myself in detox again. And, uh, and my sponsor came to, to visit me. And, um, and I remember I was walking with my, uh, my head down as we were talking. And I said, why are you walking with your head down, man? And I said, uh, I said, because I've been coming up on nine months right now. And, and he looked at me. He said, pick your head up, man. He said, look at me right now. And I looked at him. He said, James, he said, you don't have nine months. He said, you have this right here and right now, and you need to grab a hold of it. He said, obviously, you're missing something. So, you know. You know, in the recovery community, man, there's like a, a shame and a stigma Go, uh, you know, for a lot of times for people, uh, if they go back out, you know, uh, people make jokes and say, you know, oh, now you got to pick up a white chip or this, that, and the other. You know what I mean? Um, I know for me, for my last relapse, man, that made it really hard to come back because it's almost like I put a dollar amount on the uh, on the amount of clean time that I had. You know what I mean? And um, I valued that so much that um, I didn't I didn't want to take that step back because people, you know. Uh, always have something to say it seems like in some parts of Florida uh, when you pick up a white chip or you go back out instead of welcoming them back with open arms uh, did you experience that coming back in James I can tell you that being as I did have some supports um, actually I reached out to a couple people knowing I was coming back to Florida I remember some of the meetings I was making um, the clubhouses that I, I attended on a weekly basis on a daily basis a lot of these people were just happy to see me. They didn't ask me what happened. They didn't say, hey man, you look like you lost 50 pounds. You know, they didn't tell me how bad I looked. A lot of these people hugged me, man, and I said, man, welcome back. You know, and, and I felt like I was home. You know, like I haven't felt like I've had a home in a long time, and, and Florida's been home for me. Awesome, man. That's glad you made it back down here too, man. And uh, sitting next to James, we got Stephanie, young Miss uh, Stephanie Clifton from Norwalk, Ohio. And uh, Stephanie came down around the same time as James as well. Um, you want to tell us about uh, what happened and uh, what it was getting like out there for you? For you, you picked up the phone and called Mama Dukes. Hi, y'all. Stephanie here. Um, I uh, had the Fuck Heroin Foundation on my Facebook page for quite some time, and I had reached out prior to actually coming down here, I think once or twice, and I backed out of coming down. I'd overdosed twice in three days and landed in a psychiatric unit, and I didn't even call, I made my mom call. <laughs> and uh, Leisha and her together made plans for me to come down here, and um, a week after I was released from the psychiatric unit, I was down here in Florida. 
Um, what were some of the feelings going on? Were you ner- nervous, scared, ready? Like, talk about some of those things that that an addict goes through before they're getting ready to go into treatment. Well, at first I thought I was ready. Like, I knew I couldn't keep living the way I was living. I knew if I continued to use, I was going to die. I had pretty much already died on my last overdose. Um, and when I got down here, I thought, you know, 30 days and go back home. And that wasn't the case. You know, um, you, Alicia, actually had told my mom that I needed to go to halfway. And I was angry and pissed off. Um, I was angry all the time. Stephanie didn't care for me too well. I was giving her mom insight onto what manipulating was. And, um, I could tell that Stephanie needed a little more time, and thank God she decided to listen. Yeah, actually, I uh, had went to the director of our rehab and asked for an extension close to my 30-day mark, and he gave me till 60 days. When I got to 60 days, I had asked for another extension. So, And that's really good. A lot of people don't do that. They're just anxious to move on, and, and it's awesome that you were able to see that there were some things you still wanted to work on and, and were uncovering that was going to help you stay sober. Um, you know, I know that uh, you've met a lot of people, both of you, when you were in treatment. And, you know, it's, it's sad to say that we, as a team and as a group, all deal with finding out daily that someone's lost lost their life, you know. so. Shattering the stigma is a big thing to us uh, for a lot of reasons. Um, number one, that no, no one ever, ever is afraid to reach out and ask for help or feel that they're judged. It's also for a family or loved one of an addict that doesn't know what to do. And they feel that shattering stigma going on around them by everyone in the neighborhood or their neighbors. Or even sometimes no one's thinking anything. It's just our own self inner self thinking, you know, all these people must be thinking that, um, you know, both of you, we've been able to watch your families both grow with you in those things. How does that make you feel? Uh, well, my mom's always been supportive. She didn't quite understand the disease of addiction and just her going to different things with us and actually reaching out and talking to other parents and family members of mine um, about addiction is just, it's baffling to me and it makes my heart smile that my mom wants to be so helpful to other people. It's a lot of healing that's been going on over this last year. Yeah. Same with you, James. Yeah, I didn't have family um, when I came back down here. Um, I remember I called my sister when I was in detox um, after giving up my sobriety and trust was broken and I did reach out to my father and there was also trust broken there um, as far as the rest of my family um, we have been estranged for probably better, the better part of two decades um, and that's without exaggeration and what I can say now um, 16 months into my sobriety um, I have each and every family member in my life um, also when I gave up my sobriety um, my daughter's mom pretty much gave up on me, and my kid was feeling hopeless for me. Um, today I have him back in my life also, and it's a blessing in my sobriety today. You know, James, one thing that I've seen uh, since uh, since you came down here, man, like you said, you know, you really didn't have uh, your family in your corner when you came back down here. 
Um, we're getting ready to go to break here in a little bit, but uh, a lot of a lot of tremendous things, you know, have happened with your family in the last few months, man. Um, you know, a lot of your family was closed off to addiction, and uh, you completely. Um, when we get back from our break, uh, well, we want to have a have you tell us a little bit about uh, what's going on and how your family's been restored for you since getting sober, as well as with Stephanie. So, guys, um, remember the T-shirt giveaway. Go to Fuck Heroin Foundation on Facebook, like the page, comment who our guests are, and pick a number between 1 and 500. We'll announce the winner tomorrow on Facebook, and um, we'll be back here shortly. Stay tuned. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. If you're busy, stressed, and can't ever seem to find the time to add in those new healthy habits, you need to check out Lisa Lutan's busy, stressed, and food-obsessed show. This program will help you discover easy ways to improve your health and happiness. Plus, you will pick up all sorts of tips on better eating, fitness, relationships, how to manage stress, and a lot more. You'll feel yourself becoming healthier just by tuning in. Listen live every Thursday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned into Shattering the Stigma with Frankie and Mama Dukes. Reach out to us on the show today at 1 866 472 5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also drop us a line at Leisha1120 at gmail.com. That's L-E-S-H-A-1120 at gmail.com. Now, back to Shattering the Stigma. All right, guys, what's up? It's Frankie. Welcome back from the break. Uh, it's Frankie with Fuck Heroin Foundation. Got Mama Dukes, uh, hey James, and Stephanie here. Hey guys. Hi. And uh, you know, before break, we were talking about you know how uh, how when you when you get sober, you know, um, it's not just uh, it's not just for you. Just like when uh, when we're out using, you know, a, de- a disease is a it's a it's a family disease um, of addiction. So um, you know, James, uh, we were talking about you know some of the things that's happened for you since uh, getting clean. Uh, with your family, man. Um, I've seen a lot of really, really cool things happen. Uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about that and uh, what's been going on with you and your family? Absolutely. Um, June 25th, I received a call that my little brother, a uh, rookie police officer back home, um, he was shot uh, seven times. And, um, you know, Frankie and Alicia booked that flight for me. I was on the first thing smoking out of Florida. And, um, and immediately I was filled up with fear and, um, and I hadn't seen my family in quite some time. And what I tried to do, I was, I tried to ask God to take that from me. And, uh, and I knew that my entire family was going to be there. And, you know, it'd been, you know, two decades since I seen my mother and my stepfather. Um, it'd been quite some time since I seen my little brother and, uh, and my sisters. And what I can tell you is, is, um, 
A, like, I was able to show up for once. Let me run that back. Actually, um, they knew where I was. They were able to call my cell phone. And for a long time, I didn't. if I did have a cell phone, it might have been sitting in a pawn shop somewhere. Um, I may have been down Kensington under the L, and nobody would have known where I was. Um, I was able to show up for my family. And, uh, and not only that, but I, I felt that, um, that I was mentally and physically ready to do that. Uh, Frankie had asked me if he wanted to come with me on that trip, and, and I felt like I was strong enough my sobriety. Um, if I can shorten that up a little bit, what I can say is that was June 25th, and we're already going into November. And in that short amount of time, um, you know, my mother's reached out to me. Um, we were actually headed to Kenosha, Wisconsin, and a family member needed treatment, and they turned to me and asked for my help. And what a blessing in my sobriety. Um, it had been a long time since my mom reached out to me over the phone. It was awkward um, the first time, but I went with it, you know, and I knew that, that God was working on my life, man. I, I had been praying for my family to put in my life. And despite the circumstances of why my family came together, you know, because of my little brother being injured. Let, um, let's let them know your brother lived, though. Oh, it's absolutely really lived. He's, he's already back on the streets patrolling. He's a beast. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, and then uh, no sooner did I get that family member down to Florida, um, another family member needed to come down also, and they turned to me and they needed help. Um, my stepfather, who I hadn't talked to um, since I was a teenager, um, he actually wound up coming down here for a family session with, with one of my family members, and uh, he actually stayed with us for the week. And I got to tell you something, we enjoyed every single minute that we had with each other, morning coffee, um, fishing, um, just hanging out, man, and trying to catch up. And he said, you want to know something, James? He said, we haven't spent this much time together since you were 10 years old. And I knew that he meant that, and I knew that he knew the age, because that was the time when I started running away and I started hitting the streets. Um, you know, I want to I say that the smile on James's face when he came down, and then just the little phone calls, like, oh, my God, my mom just called or my sister called. And, you know, uh, my daughter's calling more often. That's just got to be an amazing feeling. My mom's coming down for Thanksgiving. She has a fear of uh, flying. She never even booked a flight before. And uh, and she decided to swallow that fear and, and work on that. And, and she'll be coming down and spending time with me on Thanksgiving. What a blessing. One thing we do at Fuck Heroin Foundation is we try to repair the whole family. Um, you know, we do whatever we can. So if you are a loved one of an addict, never be afraid to reach out. We might be able to tell you some things to get them ready um, to want to make some changes in their lives. Um, Stephanie. Hi. You've had uh, a couple trips home. Yeah. Um. My first trip home was very unsettling, not to my stomach, um, nervous, even though I had the support of you guys and the support of my mom, it was hard. And this last trip home got a little bit easier and I actually decided to visit with people in my family and some friends when I was home. And I had been home, you know, two or three times prior to that. Um, it, it's hard going back. Yeah, it's it's got to be scary because a lot of memories, a mm -hmm. lot of, uh, you know, even though you know what to do, 
it's putting you somewhere where you did a lot of things that that got you into that addiction and you know I see you grow stronger every time we go to Ohio for for an event and um, Stephanie doesn't like to speak in public she's getting way better at that and um, I don't know Frankie. You know one of the cool things is um, you know every time that you come up for an event Steph um, in Ohio you know we all do a lot of stuff there man um, you know, just seeing your mom so willing to show up and want to learn so much about addiction. Uh, same, same with James's parents too, man. Um, you know, they're always they're always calling and they want to they want to know stuff. They want to educate themselves. They don't want to shut their mind down to uh, you know the stigma that no family should talk about what's going on with their kids, man. And seeing that growth in your guys's family is amazing. Um, how does that make you feel uh, when we do events and your mom your mom shows up and? Um. At first, I was kind of embarrassed because she was so inquisitive about everything and just wanted to know what was going on and whose group was what. And um, now I'm proud that she comes and supports me. I couldn't ask for anything more from my mother. She is an awesome support, and I'm glad because there's parents out there that don't ask questions, that don't know what's going on, and they stay in oblivion when their kids are sick. You know, the, the other sad thing is so many people think, well, my child just went to detox for three or five days, they're cured. Mm-hmm. Or, um, you know, they're begging to come home and the parent thinks they're helping them when they're actually not. Um, you know, one of the things that, that you wanted to do was go home. Yeah. And, you know, hit on some of the reasons that you thought you wanted to go home and well, you know, I had been to quite a few treatment centers before, 30-day treatments and countless detoxes. And I thought coming down here, like, because I wanted to and it was my idea, I wasn't coming because my probation officer was going to throw me in jail. I wasn't coming because my mom was going to kick me out. I was coming because it was my idea. And so I thought, you know, I'll just do these little 30 days, learn a, a thing or two, and um, uh, I'll go home. And I wanted to go home because it was familiar. It's what I knew. And as an addict, I'm full of fear always. People I don't know, places I don't know, things that I've never tried, I don't want to try because I'm sober. And and I had to fight that hard, hardcore um, staying down here. I just want you to know the confidence I've seen you build up over this last year. Thanks, you are truly Michelle. an amazing amazing woman you know sometimes we do a transformation Tuesday and uh, Stephanie will put up her before and after pictures man and um, you want to talk about seeing a hell of a transformation um, this girl's before picture uh, she laying in a hospital bed all busted up uh, how'd you get all busted up stuff uh, May 31st of 2015 I was in a car accident fleeing from police officers and the guy that was driving rolled a Dodge Ram pickup truck about six times, and I was life-flighted to a Cleveland Metro Hospital. It's a miracle you're alive. Yeah, I had 20 stitches in my face, almost lost my sight in my right eye, and 12 in my hand. You know, so recovery is possible. We're sitting here with two people that truly, including Frankie, probably shouldn't be living. Oh, have had near-death experiences. Uh, James... You know, share a little bit about some of the things that 
that you had going on in your life uh, as far as did you think you'd be alive right now? No, I, um, actually, my daughter's mom says it best. Um, if I was a cat, I, have a, I would have already used my nine lives, and I've been trying to borrow some off of another cat somewhere. <laughs> and it's the truth. Um, on the day of my 17th birthday, um, I was dead on arrival, and I woke up with you know all the tubes coming out of me and whatnot, and my mom standing next to my bedside. And the same thing would happen at the age of 22. Um, another man breathing in my mouth and a guy pumping on my chest in the back of my vehicle while someone drove me to the hospital. Um, you know, I can go on. Um, I fell about three stories. Um, that's a big pharma actually came into my life. I was prescribed everything under the sun. Um, I was in that half a body cast about 15 weeks. Uh, me and my daughter Kaylee were in an accident um, about four years ago, and uh, she was in the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, and I was in the University of Pennsylvania in trauma. Um, I rolled that vehicle and uh, went up busting both of my kneecaps, and I was underneath the dashboard of, of my daughter's mom's vehicle. They'd use the jaws of life to open up that door. Um, I mean, let's not, you know, let's not get in a rip and run in the streets of Kensington where people just don't walk out of that area. You know, they go into that hole and they don't come out. You know, and I found those streets when I was 15 years old. You know, I'm, I'm blessed. That's why when I share um, at any of the events or, you know, if I make a video, I always start off by saying I'm grateful to be alive and free today. We're grateful. Amen. We're grateful that we for have you. Yeah. <laughs> um, man, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of times, you know, you hear in treatment or you hear in meetings, uh, you know, why you shouldn't get involved in a relationship in the first year. Um, you know, um, and it says, you know, a lot of things in the book says, you know, it's meant to be suggestive only. Um, I know personally, I didn't follow that suggestion many times. Um, you know, I'm also uh, engaged in a relationship in recovery as well. Um, and you guys are as well, you know, we live with you guys and, uh, you know, we're all able to make that work. Um, you guys want to tell us a little bit about what it was like in early recovery when you guys first met each other and how, what, what allowed you guys to, uh, to stay together, but also grow in your recovery? I'll start with that. I remember, um, when I was in a meeting, um, a gentleman with, with a substantial amount of sobriety, um, probably close to a decade, the topic of relationships came up in the meeting and uh, and he cleaned up really well at the end of the meeting. He listened to everybody throw up in the meeting about relationships. There was about five minutes left and, and he raised his hand and he shared. And uh, he said, you know, he said, I know people that have 10 and 20 years of sobriety that have no business being in a relationship. He says, and I personally sponsor men with just a few months of sobriety and they have beautiful relationships. And what it comes down to is, is, is having that spiritual experience and having worked a program. Um, for me, um, when I started talking to Stephanie, um, I, was, I was about five months sober. And, uh, you know, me knowing that women are broken in the rooms. And listen, this isn't my first rodeo. I've been around. I know how broken women are in the rooms. And, uh, and they're fragile and they're vulnerable. And, and because I had principles in my life, I knew that. You know, and what I did was, like, it started off a general conversation with her. Um, I had no intentions. I had no motives. I had to check my motives. Um, 
and and what I did when I started talking with her was like I was completely honest with her. You know, I let her know that I didn't have anything, and obviously she didn't know I had anything. She didn't. She knew I didn't have anything because I was living in a halfway house. But it started with being honest with her. I let her know that I have two kids that I'm not in their life today. I have no money in the bank account. I don't have a vehicle right now. You know what I mean? I barely have any clothes to wear. You know, I didn't. Make, I didn't portray myself to be this 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 big business guy. Um, I, I didn't claim to have, you know, um, thousands of dollars in the bank account. I come from a really good home. You know, I just laid it out on the table. And, and what I did was, is like, I started to learn about her, you know, everything from like, what's her favorite food down to like, what's her favorite color? You know, we didn't, we didn't jump into bed with each other. I mean, we, we learned about each other. We learned about each other's flaws and fears and you know, I think a lot of people, you know, um, skip out on that part of a relationship, man. And because yeah, it seems like down here, people just kind of jump right into it. Um, we're getting ready to go to break, man, but we're going to pick up where we left off here in just a few minutes um, about, uh, you know, getting into a healthy relationship and recovery and not just diving in head first. Uh, so we'll, we'll catch you guys after break. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Why? Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. are tuned into Shattering the Stigma with Frankie and Mama Dukes. Reach out to us on the show today at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also drop us a line at leisha1120 at gmail.com. That's L-E-S-H-A-1120 at gmail.com. Now, back to Shattering the Stigma. Welcome back, everybody. This is Mama Dukes here with Frankie, Stephanie, and James. Hi. Hi, guys. Um, One of the things with Fuck Heroin that we do is travel the country and try to make a difference and do outreach. So just want to let everyone know um, 
We've got a lot of things going on this weekend. We're going to be in Massillon, Ohio with Ohio Can. I'll be speaking at that event. Jesse will be with me as well as we're going to be in Bucyrus, Ohio in the morning. Uh, James, Stephanie, Frankie, and Steve, the rest of our team, is going to be November 12th. Why don't you tell them what's Yeah, going we're going to be at the Bamboo Room uh, with Recovering Artists Worldwide for the, uh, for the Recovery Fest, first one down in South Florida. Uh, we got Joe Nestor, Bobble, Jenna Nicole. Uh, we got Mike Gamatoni from Hood Hippie. Good friend of ours. Um, actually, I believe uh, I believe uh, he was uh, part of uh, helping James get down here as well. And um, we've got some comedians there, man. It's going to be at the Bamboo Room in uh, downtown Lake Worth. It's on J Street, man. If you guys are uh, sitting in your halfway house bored as hell, get your ass to the Bamboo Room, man, because it's going to be a good time. Come out, support the support the recovering artists worldwide, and. Uh, Grab a fuck heroin t-shirt. Grab a fuck heroin snapback, you know. Help us support helping others as well while you're out there, guys. And, uh, you know, we're back here uh, with James and Steph talking about the relationships. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of people say, you know, in the first year, and I agree with it, you know. If, if, if you can avoid getting into something in the first year, uh, learn to love yourself, man. Um, because like they say, you can't love somebody till you love yourself, man. And if uh, you got a lot of other distractions. I know for me, um, my first sponsor told me, and he was joking when he said this, he told me to stay away from the white girls in the rooms for my first year. He really meant all females, but I took that literal. So I found a, uh, I found a Puerto Rican Italian. You know, she had, she had tanner skin. And um, at the end of the day, I didn't take those suggestions. Um, I fell in love with the girl, made her my higher power. And... Uh, it got it got ugly for me, and needless to say, it took me back out. Uh, Stephanie. Yeah. So, um, you know, you meet Mr. James here. You guys got about four or five months. Uh, you guys, you know, got to know each other well. Um, you know, I will say that it, you know, it's a risky situation, but you guys were both at a good place in your program. Uh, when you guys first got together, um, did you guys go to meetings together all the time? Not all the time. We. When we first met, I was still a mess. Uh, three months into my recovery, I was a complete disaster. I wasn't going to meetings. I was doing nothing with my recovery. I was sitting in a room in my halfway house and um, planning how to kill me. <laughs> planning how to kill somebody, yes. And uh, I had reached out to James because he was the only person that was actually working a program or doing anything with recovery um, in the halfway houses. And he was the only one making meetings. And he helped me actually get to a couple of meetings and, you know, through reaching out and talking to him and letting him know, like, that I was struggling, I did end up starting to work a program by myself and getting a sponsor and things developed from there. Um, it hasn't always been easy. I've struggled a lot in our relationship, but like he said previously, he understands that uh, I was a broken person and we, we both have work to do on ourselves still to this day. Do you, um, do you want to talk a little bit about, um, you know, a lot of times the importance of making a relationship work, especially if you're both new to recovery or in recovery, is being able to have your own program mm -hmm. and not your program be his or vice versa. Or, you know, because we're having a bad day together and fighting, I'm just not going to go to the meeting, you know. So talk a little bit about how you deal with the ups and downs and 
Um, well, like I said in the beginning, I wasn't working with a sponsor, and, uh, you know, I had a lot of bad days. That was before we got together. Um, we didn't actually get together till after I started working a program and keeping our programs was really simple for us because we were so open with communication whether it was we were having a bad day a bad moment um, we didn't agree with something going on in the houses we always have been very communicative with each other and you know sticking with my sponsor and other women in the rooms and working my own program I couldn't let things that he was doing or things he was doing in his program affect my program because it wasn't my program or his program to work. What about you, James? When I think about uh, keeping recovery out of our relationship, um, do we make meetings uh, together? Absolutely. Um, there's a meeting that we attend and one half of the clubhouse is for men and the other half is for women. And I think that's a really good idea, less distraction. Um, and in our situation, um, it allows her to go do what she has to do and to be around women. Um, this is what I know is, is when, I, when I see something going wrong um, or, or if there's tension in our relationship, I've never once said you need to call your sponsor. I've never once said that you need to go to a meeting. I never once said you need to take a look at this page in the big book and check yourself. And like that's what I do to keep our recovery as separate from our relationship as possible, you know. And, and it works for me. And when I see she's having a tough time, um, because I am a little stronger within myself, um, because I do love myself a little bit more, and because I have a little bit more understanding, um, instead of arguing with her, um, what I do is I just continue to love her. And what happens in about five or ten minutes, I'm the best boyfriend ever. It happens every single time. Yeah, it, that happens with us too, man. You know, um, you know, I can personally say being in a relationship with somebody that's also in the program, Jesse, um, it's kind of funny because, you know, we might we might disagree on something or, you know, there's there's times where uh, I can be an asshole and bluntly state my uh, um, and bluntly um, state my opinion. And um, I'll realize I did that, you know, and uh Continuing to make amends, you know, um, and when we were wrong, promptly admitting it. It's not so easy sometimes. And it's, it's, it's almost kind of like a standing joke that we have in the house because, you know, I'll do something or, or my girl will do something and we'll come to make an amends and we'll laugh about it and be like, yeah, go ahead with your 10 step, have an ass. You know what I mean? But it's, it's really cool because we have that design for living. And, um, you know, just for people in or out of the program, you know, the way that, uh, the way the steps are set up is a beautiful thing, man. But do you guys ever have situations like that where you might be in an argument or something and, you know, you are uh, just just going through doing your daily part of life, you know, you try to make an amends and it's like the other person knows what's going on, but it's still, it's good. It's, it's awesome. The other day we were out to eat and uh, we were down by the West Palm outlets and we wanted to get a bite to eat and, you know, go get a couple of things or whatever. And, uh, and there was a small spat, I'll say, and this uh, the spat prompted her to walk out on me in a restaurant. I don't think I ever had that happen to me before, <laughs> ever. Um, we had ordered our food? food and everything, and uh, we didn't. The food didn't even come out, man. I, I think a, I actually owe them a, a financial amend. To be honest, a, with it's, it's a girl thing. Yeah, well, that's the first time it ever <laughs> happened to me. But uh, 
this this is how it went down. She was angry, and I realized the situation. And she walked away. And you know, in my day, and not too long ago, I'd have chased after after her, and I'd have been pitiful, and uh, I'd <laughs> had a, a bunch of I'm sorry's and and whatnot. But what I did was I, I separated myself from the situation, and uh, and she came back. And only because he had my cell phone. I did. <laughs> and she was hungry. <laughs> I did have her cell phone. Because <laughs> I didn't want her to get an Uber. <laughs> but all jokes aside, I think that, I mean, with, with the restaurant time and the time that we were out on the street, it was maybe five minutes. We talked about it. And she was standing there with a pouty face. I was like, all right, now let's go to the fucking store and shop. And that was it. Like, it was done. Right. You know? And, and that's about as serious it's got since we've been together. I mean, um, the spats are real small. And uh, and like I said, man, I, I try not to argue with her. I think I do a pretty good job of it. Um, I, I know her her flaws. And, um, and I know some of the things that, that she's been through in life. And what I do is I just try and love her back um, to the moment is what I really try and do. That's awesome. So if man. you each could just summarize relationship and recovery, a word of advice to someone that may be new in that situation. What, in a relationship and recovery? Mm-hmm. Always work a different program and keep your lines of communication open to the fullest. It doesn't matter what it's about. You need to tell the other person what's going on with you because other people aren't mind readers. Stay away from couples' houses. Mm. Stay away from couples' houses. You know, all these co-ed... Uh, co-ed houses popping up and everyone comes down here thinking they got to meet their soulmate and detox and then go to a co-ed house man it's a disaster I've seen a lot of people die because uh, they get out and get too wrapped up in a relationship man if you're new in recovery man and you're not already in a relationship don't go looking for one um anyways uh we're getting ready to go to break again uh just, just real quick i just want to um throw out there man uh we've been uh working on a book that we all just finished guys uh you guys want to tell them a little bit about that, Dare to be Sober? Dare to be Sober. Basically, um, we each wrote a chapter on our personal experiences throughout using and sobriety. Um, dare to be Sober. I, uh, I'm a real alcoholic. I procrastinated on it. Um, I did it the chapter the day before it was due. But I killed it. I nailed it. And I share my story all the time. Um, the hardest thing for me was to chop it down in the chapter size. And, and I just took it right out of the book. I, I really shared um, in a general way what I was like, what happened, and what I'm like today. And uh, I nailed it in, what, about two and a half hours? And it was yeah. good. I mean, you thought I'd been working on that thing for a year. And uh, and uh, it was nice, though. I mean, it was spring. And I, and I let out a big yoo And uh I didn't know what time it was at night, and I think I woke Olivia up. But, uh, <laughs> Dare to be sober. Dare to be sober. Jesse, James, Stephanie, and Frankie telling their stories. And myself, Mama Dukes, uh, giving advice to families and others on, A, what I was feeling, what I was going through when I found out about my son, how I dealt with it, things I learned that I could have done different. Um, but anyways, we, uh, we'll fill you more in on the book. It'll be out in January. 
We're getting ready to go to a commercial break. Remember, T-shirt giveaway, Buck Heroin Foundation on Facebook. Like the page, comment who our guests are, and pick a number between 1 and 500. We'll be right back, guys. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Tune in every Tuesday for C. diff, spores, and more with hosts Nancy Kerala and Dr. Chandra Bali Ghosh. Our program is to provide information about C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and more. Nancy is a C. diff survivor, healthcare professional, and the founder and executive director of the C. diff Foundation. And Dr. Ghosh is the chairperson of research and development for the C. diff Foundation. Together with their guests, we'll explore infection prevention, treatments, environmental safety, and more. Listen every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Tune in to Happy and Healthy Living with Darlene Godwin to better understand the why on how you feel and find the right therapies, treatments, and programs to bring healing to the mind, body, and spirit. You can live a better life at any age. It's not just a temporary fix. Rather, it's a permanent, healthy lifestyle. Happy and Healthy Living with Darlene Godwin is broadcast live every Wednesday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. tuned into Shattering the Stigma with Frankie and Mama Dukes. Reach out to us on the show today at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also drop us a line at leisha 1120 at gmail.com. That's L-E-S-H-A-1120 at gmail.com. Now, back to Shattering the Stigma. All right, welcome back, guys. It's Frankie and Mama Dukes here at Shattering the Stigma with Fuck Heroin Foundation. Yeah, I said it. Fuck Heroin Foundation. And if the F word offends you, call your sponsor. Call somebody because we ain't worried about the F word. We're we're worried about the real bad word, which is heroin, and it's uh, killing everybody I love out there. Um, So, yeah, anyways, we're back, man. Just got done talking a little bit about relationships and recovery with James and Steph. And... um, you know, I know when you guys came down here, you know, it was it was getting close to the holiday season. And, uh, you know, holidays are coming up. Uh, you know, for me, my first year in Florida was a really tough year not to be able to go home for Thanksgiving and stuff like that, man. And it was a really uh, kind of a sensitive time in my early recovery. Um, how was it for you guys when you came down here and the holidays were coming up? Uh, what kept you guys busy? Uh, first off, I, you know, I was feeling really sorry for myself because I was down here and my family's not even together up north they're all really spread out so it wasn't like I would be with my family but I was feeling sorry for myself and the things that I did to keep myself sober was attend meetings I was in a meeting on Thanksgiving Day and Christmas Day Um, and the other thing I did was because I wasn't at home and what I usually do when I am at home is cook supper for 
those of my family who's with me, I ended up cooking for the halfway houses. I, I went all out and spent all day cooking and I kept myself busy and, and reached out to my sponsor as well because I didn't know how I was going to be during the holidays without my, without my mom and my kids. Nice, nice. You know, that goes into something very uh, valuable that uh, regardless of what program you work, you know, it says it in every book. Um, when all else fails, work with another alcoholic or addict and, you know, get out of doing and trying to worry about yourself. Go do something for somebody else. James, you got a little bit of a tradition uh, that you do on New Year or uh, Thanksgiving, man. You want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, for me, um, it wasn't a family thing. Um, I, we haven't had sit-down Thanksgivings or Christmases um, in a really long time. I've spent a lot of holidays uh, locked up and on the streets. Um, so it's not anything that I was missing. For me, it was about doing something different. And uh, even when I was talking about the beginning of the, um, the show, was I, uh, I was down here October 2014. That, that first time coming down here, I immediately kept my feet moving and what I did was I helped feed the homeless and for people that aren't able to go back up north. I did that again last year and it wasn't just me, I actually got a couple other guys in service, you know, um, and I'll be doing the same thing this year except for I put my mom's name on the sign up sheet this year, so <laughs> uh, my mom's going to see what service. it's about. Yeah. That's awesome, yeah. that's a beautiful thing. You know, the thing is someone's always feeling lower than you are. And those little things that you're doing that you think are helping yourself, you don't realize what that little miracle is doing for someone that's feeling lower than you. So um, that's really beautiful. Amen. Amen. Sure is, man. And, uh, you know, um, anything else you guys want to say, you know, for the holidays, uh, for the addict that's sitting in their halfway house, you know, feeling sorry for themselves, man, I'm not going to. You know, I'm not going to see. I'm not going to see my mom for uh, Thanksgiving, or you know, I'm not going to see my family for Christmas, man. Um, you know, to me, you know, I always tell people, you know, you're worried about being there uh, for Thanksgiving. You're worried about being there for Christmas. But how much were you there before you got sober? How much were you there? You know, because I know for me, a typical Thanksgiving would be fucking blowing bubbles in the gravy while I was nodding off. You know what I mean at the table. Um, so today, you know, I get to, I actually get to be there, but you know, what would you say for the guy that's feeling sorry for himself in their halfway house right now about the holidays? I mean, one thing I know, um, because I did the shuffle up north from recovery house to recovery house, um, not so much down here in Florida, but what I know is, is recovery houses and halfway houses, they fill up around the winter time and they empty out right around the holidays and I like to believe that everyone graduated AA or NA and they lived a happily ever after life. Um, unfortunately they're going out and they're using again. Um, keep your feet moving. Um, go out and, and get in service and uh, and don't sit in your funk. Um, Whatever you're feeling will pass, and it's the very, very last time you have to be with your fam away from your family. And the cool thing about service work is there's no, there's no time length requirement to get active and help other people. You could have 48 hours sober, get your ass out there, and do something for the next man. Go give the kid that just came in with two hours that's still detoxing at a meeting a hug. You know what I mean? Because I know for me, man. Um, it was easier to believe somebody coming up on 24, 25, you know, maybe 30 days sober 
than it was to fathom somebody with 30 years sober in the beginning. So no matter where you're at in recovery, uh, we can all help each other, man. But if you're feeling alone for the holidays, go do something. Help somebody else. Spend some time with your supports. What do you got to say on that, Mama Dukes? Well, I'm just saying, you know, from from my point of view and, and working in this field for a long time, a lot of people do relapse and go out. Um, they They feel alone. They feel that no one's there. You know, I would encourage you to realize that someone's always got it worse than you. And whatever you're feeling, reach out to somebody. We're always available by phone. Send us a private message. James, Stephanie, Jesse, Frankie, Steve, I, we all answer those. And, um, you know, know, people, do me a favor, man. Um, You know, I hear a lot of people say some shit like, you know, relapse is just a part of recovery. You know, um, yeah, relapse might happen, happen in recovery. It's not a part of recovery, and it's not a requirement. So if you're having a bad day, you're feeling lonely, don't go out and think that relapse is a part of recovery and you can make it back because um, for a lot of people just going out trying to get it in that one last time, I'm seeing it on a daily basis is really that that one last time, man. So just realize that, you know, yeah, they may say it's a part of recovery. It's not a fucking requirement. No, um, reach I, out, reach out to your supports, get some help. Go ahead, Ma. Sorry. Sorry. As we wrap up today's show, um, want to let you know next week we're real excited. We're going to have Richie Weber. He's from Ohio, MMA wrestler. We're actually sponsoring uh, on December 10th one of his fights. And we're also going to have Mike Matt from Sharon Treatment Facility. Um, so we're looking forward to next week with them. We'll be announcing the T-shirt giveaway later tomorrow, as well as Please, if you're in the area, come out to Massillon Saturday. Come out to Bucyrus. If you're in the Florida area, come out to Lake Worth to Recovering. Bamboo Room Recovery Fest. Come get it. Get it in. You can find all the info for every one of those events on Fuck Heroin Foundation Facebook. We love you guys. I heard Joe Nestor's going to be giving away beard hairs at this show, lady. Come get a Joe Nestor (laughs) beard hair, (laughs) y'all. We look forward to seeing y'all back next week. If no one told you today, we love you. And fuck heroin. Fuck heroin. Thank you for being part of the show today. Be sure to listen next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of Shattering the Stigma on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. You're not in this fight alone. We're here to help.